0: and now, here is Doreen.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm at the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with Ted Prodromo And today, like most days when I interview people, we're going to be speaking about anxiety and having not had a voice early on, usually It can happen early on, but for some people, it persists for a long, long time before they can really look at themselves and get a sense of what their true voice is. And today, we are also going to be talking about Ted's business as a LinkedIn coach. So first, though, we're going to venture into what happened early on where he felt he didn't have a voice, how he found it, and now the miracles that he's able to do for people in the social online marketing world. So thank you, Ted, for being here today. And let me introduce you the bio that I've got for you. Ted Pedromo, America's leading LinkedIn coach, is the award-winning, best-selling author of Ultimate Guide to LinkedIn for Business and Ultimate Guide for Twitter for Business. Ted is a social selling and online advertising expert and the founder of Search Marketing Simplified LLC, a full-service social media marketing firm. And Ted has been featured on entrepreneur.com, New York Times, CNBC and Forbes and let me just give you the link I'll be giving it at the end but here it is right now you can find Ted at www.yourlinkedincoach.com yourlinkedincoach.com so welcome Ted hello thanks for having me oh absolutely it's a joy I know you've been my LinkedIn coach for quite a while and i just benefited so much from your wisdom. And I know that uh, you and I got to meet earlier on in another rendition of your finding your voice. But let's start first with way back when, remembering when you didn't feel like you had a voice and give us some details about what that was like and what you think the cause was. Just start there, please.
2: No, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, growing up, I was just introvert. I was painfully shy. Like I hid from people almost. And just, I don't know what caused it. It, Actually, I realized it a few years ago, what actually caused it. But for 60 years, I kind of hid in the shadows and just didn't interact with that many people. And that's one of the reasons I went to speaking circles. But it turns out when I was really young, my older sister was jealous that I was born is like two sisters that were a year and a half apart. And then there's a five-year gap. And then there was me. So I got all the attention. So my middle sister used to just always be pushing me down. I didn't realize this till really about two or three years ago. And she, every time I would speak, she would push me down and say, shut up. Nobody cares what you say. Mm-hmm. And that just went on forever. And she just was always torturing me mentally. Not, not that much physically, but, just shut up. You're an idiot. Shut up. You no, know, just demeaning me anytime I'd say anything. So I just stopped speaking.
1: That Pardon. seems like the safest solution for anybody who has some kind of uh, unpleasant harassment, you might say around them is to uh, pull back. And what you're talking about right now, I think uh, can happen, obviously, especially maybe in larger families where a lot of siblings are are competing for attention and for well bottom line love he Mm -hmm. he's getting more love than me (laughs) you know and and we're kids and we don't we don't really know that we're just acting out of uh, like you said jealousy so um yeah, and it takes a while. It sounds like you said you discovered it. Uh, how did you put the How did you put the dots together between losing or not having a voice and this treatment that you had during early years?
2: It was actually two or three years ago. My sister, middle sister, went on a silent retreat. It was a seven day silent retreat, and she came back from it. And she says her big revelation was not speaking for seven days with it. When I was two years old, she pushed me down the stairs, a whole flight of stairs.
1: Well, you probably don't have a memory since you were two years old of being pushed down the stairs. But you might, as you've been sharing with us today, have a memory that uh, it was it was an unpleasant situation with uh, the next next sister.
2: I actually do remember it. Oh,
0: you do?
2: I have this scar right here. I fell down a whole flight of stairs into our basement. I fell on a plastic trumpet. And I remember that. And I remember my sister saying, you, you, you faker, you faker, you can't be hurt. It's like a whole flight of stairs.
1: Oh, my. And meanwhile, your eyes, uh, uh, <laughs> you're dripping with blood and you're, you're being accused that you're faking it. Do you remember what your parents might, how they reacted?
2: I remember my mother coming down the stairs and my old, both my oldest sister, always, anytime I get hurt, they say, oh, you faker, you faker.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: so that's all I remember of it at the time, but it was her going to that silent retreat. Uh-huh. And I was probably 60 years old when she came back from that and she actually apologized to me
1: huh. And it sounds like you never really put that together and put that uh, with your own speaking uh, ability that you held yourself back because of her presence and her treatment of you.
2: Yeah, because I just thought I fell down the stairs. I don't remember her pushing me down the stairs. She was there, but she said, yeah, I pushed you down the stairs on purpose.
1: That's 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 amazing. And also the reason why I feel like it it is so important for other people today to listen is that um, we, the healing can come anytime. You know, here you are way down the road and didn't ever really connect that dot to, um, you just thought perhaps you were introverted. <laughs> yeah, And, and uh, so you, you prefer to hold yourself back and that's fine. But in our work, or at least in the work that I've done with people, introverts have a voice, too.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and I know that from my own experience, having been uh, chosen, psychology is a place where all I have to do is speak to one person at a time. And uh, so I that, that's my own history. But back to yours. And Anything else about those early years? Because you had to go on to school, you had to go into high school and enter the business world. How did that affect you growing up then?
2: Well, my parents owned a restaurant, and we always had to work in the restaurant from the time I was like 10. So my father basically had worked the front and the back. We spent a lot of time cooking in the kitchen, which was great. They made everything from scratch. But when I worked out front and was the cashier or serving people, I had to interact with people. I didn't mind that because it was more like a one-on-one conversation. But thinking about getting up and speaking in front of an audience. I remember in honor society, like ninth grade or something, I had to give a speech in front of the whole class, the whole school. And I just was terrified. I got through it. I don't really remember if, if I made any sense or not, but... Mm -hmm. It was just terrifying to get up in front of a group and speak.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, even that word terrifying, I'm sure people listening might go, yeah, I know what terrifying feels like. It's that probably, I would imagine, it's the heart racing. What other symptoms would you call terrified that happen in your body?
2: Um, I just remember being very nervous. And people say, oh, you did a great job afterwards. I don't remember much about what I said or what the topic was, but Mm -hmm. people encouraged me and afterwards and said I did a good job. So.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing I think you're saying that is that we are our own judges and we, because of our nervousness, feel like we haven't done a very good job when in fact, maybe we have, we just weren't sitting out in the front row or even the back row observing ourselves we were right in the middle of our bodies feeling really bad and not mm-hmm. feeling like we were at ease so that's i think that's another message i like to send out is that the way that we evaluate ourselves may be tougher than our audience is evaluating us
2: definitely yeah And my first job out of college was fixing computers so i had to go to customer sites and interact with people all day long and I didn't I like that actually I like interacting with people on a small basis one-to-one or small groups
1: mm-hmm. well plus you had a skill you were they had a need and you could fill the need so you right. were you, you were serving people and it wasn't like you were performing because you were doing what you were skilled at is fixing things for people right Any other memories kind of moving out into the world of work where you felt like, Ooh, I'm going to hold myself back from speaking up.
2: No, that was the big, actually, I got to a point, I was managing about 30 people when I worked at cellular one. It started out, there's two of us in the it department. And then within seven years, I had like, I think it was 25 or 30 employees reporting directly to me. Mm -hmm. And I just, love managing all those people. who had a great team. We all worked really well together. and I really enjoyed that a lot. I had no trouble communicating with them.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, that's one to one. It's relational. and probably that's that's probably one of your skills is is being somebody who's easy to relate to. And mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, let's let's get you up on a stage all by yourself. Some kind of content and uh, those deeper kind of wires are being activated. Like, no, 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 (laughs) not only the natural introvert, but also some of the earlier roots to the anxiety that you've uh, pulled out today and shared with us. Moving then now to knowing that it's difficult for you to have all eyes on you to step into a spotlight. What did you do to face that and to work through that? That's when I
2: came across Speaking Circles. It was around 2000, 2001 timeframe. And my IT career blew up with the dot-com crash. So I became a coach and everybody said to get speaking engagements. That's the best way to get clients as a coach here anyway, I was thinking that ninth grade speaking in front of the whole school again, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. terrified, start sweating, but speaking circles was so amazing. I went probably for three years. I went to speaking circles whenever they had them in Marin here and it was just life changing.
1: Well, I know much about speaking circles. I'm still training director of that program. So I, I designed the programs that you stepped into. And can you talk, I can obviously explain it a little bit, but I'd like to hear how from your point of view, what was life changing? What happens in a speaking circle?
2: Well, I was thinking at first going to Toastmasters and everybody said you prepare a prepared speech and you have to go up there and then they critique you and I'm thinking, oh my God, it's going to be just like that ninth grade experience. So <laughs> speaking circles is a safe environment where you just they teach you to make connections, eye contact with each person. And it's a small group of eight to ten people usually. And you just spend time connecting with people. And then words just started coming out of your mouth. You're, you're waiting your turn, you're nervous thinking, I'm gonna what are you gonna talk about? But when you really connect with people on that level just these amazing things come out of you. Like, where did this come from? I'd watch the tapes afterwards. They're back on the VHS days. <laughs> and he'd watch me like, wow, that was just amazing. I have no idea where that content came from, but it was fabulous. And then people don't criticize you or give you feedback afterwards, more about how they felt by watching you speak. So it's a very safe environment.
1: Yes, and the reason why it's safe in these groups that I create is that uh, the listening, you, I train the the listeners to be uh, gentle, kind, looking for the strengths in somebody. So it's the whole idea now, especially in corporations where they're talking about focus on the good stuff. <laughs> People grow faster and it's you have so much more... Uh, benefit if the person if you can find the good inside of them and so in speaking circles that what I call it is essence appreciation there's an essence to everybody that is bright and strong and when you stand up on a stage and you're speaking that's what radiates out anyway yeah your content and it's good to be prepared of course and Toastmasters is good about preparing, but I think that what you're talking about is an inner training where you learn to be present in the moment, connected to a core that the words flowed from there, the easily came up. and
0: um, It's like an
2: out-of-body experience in a way. There's this energy that you feel in the room when everybody's speaking. It's their turn. It's like a heart-to-heart connection with everybody. Right. And so start by taking the deep breath and you just kind of settle into it. I remember one time right after Bill Clinton left office, I saw him speak at one of those big events in South San Francisco. And he got up on stage and there's probably a thousand people in the audience. And he just looked at the audience. I can speak and find your eyes, make connection with people eye to eye, take a deep breath. And he did that. And he didn't speak for about 30 seconds. He was just kind of connecting with the audience. And then it was like, when he started talking, it was like, we'd known him our whole life. He was our best friend. It was amazing.
1: That's a, a perfect description of what's possible for individuals if they can find a way to connect to their uh, their inner strength, their core being. And yes, it, it takes a little bit of training to discover and find within and go through the blocks and the doubts and what you carry in your mind but it's so good to hear you describe it in such a, a beautiful miraculous way well then moving on you you still are a coach for sure and mm-hmm. I know because I've benefited a couple of years of your coaching what are your linkedin coach specifically uh, social media Tell people now what you provide and using your voice. I mean, you're out there a lot. You're in podcasts. You're here today with me. You're leading your own, I think, uh, podcasts yourself. So tell us what you're doing nowadays and how your voice is showing up.
2: Well, I never dreamed I'd be an author or a speaker. And I've written like five books. And I speak literally all over the world. I'm speaking in Europe. And I'm supposed to go back to Poland this year, actually, to speak at the end of the year. And I have some speaking engagements coming back or all coming back to life. But I never dreamed I'd be a speaker or an author. And there's a with the LinkedIn approach, I teach people to be themselves on LinkedIn. It's a it's a networking site, one-to-one conversations with people. You know, there's a one-to-many and one-to-one. One-to-many, you run ads and you reach a broad audience. But with LinkedIn, you need to connect with people and that speaking circles connection. I kind of imagine if I was sitting with that person having a cup of coffee when I'm chatting with them on LinkedIn, instead of buy from me, buy from me, it's more like, hey, tell me more about your business or how did you get started? Where did you go to school or whatever, just start casual conversations and you build those relationships. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say it takes too long to build relationships like that. I have to make sales. Like if you take some time, Build relationships, you get long-term customers who refer great clients to you.
1: Yeah, I think what you just said around the referring clients to you later on, because it's not all about sell, sell, sell. It's about people knowing you in such a way that they say, hey, you know, I know somebody who... You know, like with you, you'd say, hey, I know somebody who can help you with overcoming stage fright. And with me, I can say, hey, I know somebody, which I do quite a bit, who mm-hmm. does LinkedIn marketing and uh, social media. You you say that you you now speak all around the world. <laughs> Yay. And uh, you have your message. What would you say your message is? I know you just pretty much Spoke it a second ago about one to one on LinkedIn, but in a broader way, what do you feel you're bringing to this world? Maybe your purpose?
2: I connect with people, and people just think I'm a very friendly, approachable person because I'm pretty low key. I'm not a loud person, I'm not animated. I have people say I'm really grounded. Went through leadership training, they talked about our different soul types, thinking I'm, I'm very grounded. So people feel very comfortable when I've had all those employees working for me. They said, God, I can come to you with any kind of problem. And I would just sit there and they say, I'm having trouble with this user, blah, blah, blah. And they go and vent. And I hardly say anything. They go, thank you. (laughs) And they would leave and go solve the problem. (laughs) Uh Yeah. I'm just a calm presence around people. I try to project that into my LinkedIn.
1: Uh uh-huh. And that calm presence, I think, is what we're talking about is knowing that you can speak from a calm presence and that you don't have to be anything other than who you truly are. Okay. And if you believe in your own ability to be calm, present, I mean, nervousness always shows up here and there. But it's like being calm and being present is deeper inside of us and it's more grounding in it. It uh, helps take you into many arenas, which I know you've been into many arenas. So in terms of what you might want to leave the listeners with today, what is maybe a final word or two about yourself, what you want people to take away from you about speaking?
2: Yeah, one thing I learned is speaking circles and going through all the coaching certifications. You learn to speak from your heart rather than your head and people think that's too wishy-washy for business but when you focus on that you just connect at a deeper level with people it's just I've been doing it for so long I think I've been doing it all my life actually but that really made me aware of speak from your heart and really listen to other people you don't have to keep talking let them you know ask questions be curious and just let them talk and they think oh you're the greatest person in the world <laughs>
1: Well, you are Ted. You're one of them.
2: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you yeah. too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for being here. So to find you, I'm going to say www.yourlinkedincoach.com and your books, uh, The Ultimate Guide to LinkedIn for Business, Ultimate Guide to Twitter for Business. You can and Ted Pedromo P R O D R O M O U. Ted So hopefully you'll be able to find him easily. He's there and he's obviously there to listen to you and to support you. And um, you'll find great value, I know. So thank you again, Ted, for being here today.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and will return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.